can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back with another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPosito, and the Celtics lay a beatdown in Memphis. Final score, 139-110. This is a game where Memphis basically rested all of their starters, as I had talked about in the last podcast. They had second place in the Western Conference locked up. No need to do anything. With that being said, Celtics came out guns a-blazing. They started everybody. They had their normal starting lineup, obviously without Time Lord. Uh, But they came out and took care of business today. Uh, 29-point win, uh, which is just kind of crazy to think of. With that being said, the standings are solidified. So going to keep today's game day recap. Uh, A little bit shorter than normal uh, because there are really no negatives. And I do want to dive into some of the standings updates here. So I'm going to follow the same format. I'm going to run through play of the game, some of the highs, skip the lows, uh, but talk about standings instead. To get things started off, want to give player of the game to Jason Tatum. This kid was on a mission today. Super impressive, super efficient stat line here. 31 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, and a steal. The impressive part, 11 of 14 from the field. He scored 31 points on 14 shots, 6 of 8 from 3. So this was just lightning efficient. Like, so, so impressive. It's one of those games where you just like... All right, this kid is never going to miss. And he followed that through most of the game. Obviously, he did not play a single minute in the fourth quarter. But had 14 points in the first quarter, followed up by another 12 in the second. And then another five in the third, and then he was pretty much out after. This is a game Ime came out, kept all of the starters at fairly low minutes. Tatum, Tice, Smart all had 26 minutes on the night. Uh, Al, 24. Jalen, 23. This is, I mean, this is as good as it gets. Seriously, these guys came out. Everybody was moving the ball at a a super efficient pace. The lowest starter as far as a Cisco is Al Horford with two. Uh, We've got three for Tatum. Uh, three for Tice, six for Smart, four for JB. Like the team had 34 assists. You know, there were a lot of times last year where I was like, all right, the magic number for the Celtics is 25. If they have 25 assists, they're probably going to win that game. That number has jumped off the charts this season. You know, they're up around 28, 29 on a lot of their games. Tonight, cracking 30 with 34. It is just super impressive what they're doing in, t- in general. Offensively, defensively, everything is working. And I've got to give a lot of credit to Daniel Tice here. Uh, because when Robert Williams went down, a lot of Celtics fans lost their mind. And at the trade deadline, when we traded away Dennis Schroeder, 
and brought back Daniel Tice, a lot of people lost their mind at that also. That's going down as probably the biggest acquisition at the trade deadline because of where we stand right now with no Robert Williams. Daniel Tice is stepping up and he is playing such a big role on this team. He's fitting in seamlessly. He's hitting shots. He was 5 of 8 from the field tonight. 11 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists. 6 offensive rebounds. Saw him a couple times do the the infamous Robert Williams tip-out offensive rebound. Uh, but this is he's bringing a lot of the intangibles that Robert Williams does. He's not as athletic. He's not going to jump over the rim uh, to finish an alley-oop. But he's bringing a lot of the same intangibles. He's an excellent passer. He's a solid rebounder. Uh, not obviously as good as Time Lord. He's definitely not as uh, efficient or high volume of an offensive rebounder as Time Lord. Although he did it tonight. He's certainly capable of it. But he's just bringing a lot. He's a big that can stretch the floor a little bit. So the games are a little different, obviously. Right, But when you've got a double big of Al Horford and Daniel Tice who can both stretch the floor, it's really hard when both of them are going. And tonight was one of those cases. Al Horford, another solid game. I've been talking him up the last couple weeks here since Time Lord got injured. But 13 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists and a block tonight. 6 of 8 from the field. So you've got 11 for 16 coming from Horford and Tice combined. Like super impressive stuff. Marcus Smart, solid game defensively. Uh, On the stat sheet, not spectacular. Four points, two rebounds, six assists, and a steal. Uh, Two of seven from the field, 0 of four from three, whatever. Played all right. Jalen Brown tonight, thought he played pretty solid. Again, wasn't super aggressive, got in foul trouble today, uh, so didn't play a ton. Again, only 23 minutes. Uh, Still, 18 points, 3 rebounds, 4 assists. The 4 assists is huge. I've talked about it a bunch, right? Like This team is at its best when they do what? When they defend well and when they move the ball. And JB has had a big say in the whole moving the ball thing. Right, The two J's, when they're together, when they're both playmaking, this team is unstoppable. Obviously, this is not a good Memphis Grizzlies team. The team itself is great, but they sat pretty much all of their regular rotation guys. Right, So this is not the same Memphis Grizzlies team that's 56-26 and 26 on the season. So... You got to take this with a grain of salt, but this is what the Celtics have been doing for the last three, four months now. So you got to love it. Yeah, one of the things that I loved about today's game was the fact that the Celtics really just put it to them and got the bench guys some minutes. And we saw a lot of solid performances. Yeah, I thought Grant played well. Uh, defensively more so. He had he kind of struggled on the offensive side. Luke Cornett, I thought, played fantastic. 10-5-2. Uh, but we also saw our other guys. Matt Ryan, 
got in, made his debut, hit a three, looked solid out there. The shot wasn't 100% there, one of five, but he hit one. He got on the the scoreboard. Every single Celtics player on the team got in and scored, which is impressive. Malik Fitz threw down an unbelievable dunk. Like an unbelievable dunk. Ended the night with seven points. Sam Hauser, two of four from the field, one of three from three, five points. Neesmith, five points. Four rebounds also for Neesmith. Uh, Derek White, thought played great. Eight rebounds, I mean, eight points, uh, four rebounds, three assists. Pritchard, 12 points. Frederick Thomas, three points. Every single person contributed. And that to me is super exciting. Like super exciting. Are a lot of these guys going to get minutes come playoffs? Probably not. Right? Uh, but it's possible. Right? Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go as far as saying Broderick Thomas or Malik Fitz or Matt Ryan are going to get minutes. Right? But you're certainly going to see guys like Grant. It's possible that you see guys like Luke Cornett step in, play a little bit here and there. Like if we go into a a game first round where Time Lord's not there and maybe Horford or Tice gets in foul trouble, it's possible that we see Cornette minutes. Maybe not if it's against the Nets. Against the Cavs, maybe he'll get in just because they have some size. Brooklyn tends to go small, but we'll talk about that. Uh, but some of these guys, Neesmith, he's a guy that's probably, that potentially is going to get some run. Derek White, Peyton Pritchard, they're in, right? Like they're going to get playoff minutes. These guys are playing well. That's what you want. Uh, but that's, listen, that's it. That's where I want to wrap up the game recap. Because I want to dive into the standings here and where the Celtics stand, what the potential matchups look like. And really just talk about that, the remainder of this. Uh, Before we dive into that, though, I want to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. College basketball fans, join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's victory into your own big win. New customers can get $5 on any team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prizes. Simply join a pool and answer questions like, who will make it to the next round? And who will hit the most three-pointers? Then track your results. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, guys, time for a new favorite sponsor alert Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. 
As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Green Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear. And the best part is all Venture Green's nutrition's products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CelticsTake15, that's CelticsTake15, for 15% off. You won't regret it. All right, so we are back to talk about standings, and we have a special guest that's just joining the pod. We've got BasketBot. How are we doing over there? I am doing splendid. How are you doing today? Living the dream, my guy. So the Celtics won today against the Grizzlies. Uh, so when you're looking at the standings, everything is set in stone. Miami at one, Celtics two, Milwaukee three, 76ers four, Raptors five, Bulls, Nets, Cavs, Hawks, Hornets. It is going to be one of the best playoffs the Eastern Conference has seen in a very long time. Uh, so you've got the first night. You've got Brooklyn, Cleveland playing off, playing in that seven-eight matchup. The winner of that becomes the seven seed, which is who the Celtics will play. The loser of that plays the winner of Atlanta and Charlotte, which is the nine-ten game, and the winner of that game gets the eight seed, plays Miami. So I'll kick it over to you here. I think the answer to this is pretty simple, uh, but in the matchup between the Nets and the Cavs, who would you rather face? Why? I mean, if it's a who would you rather, <laughs> I think I think everybody's going to say we would rather have Cleveland because they're a hot mess with a side of spaghetti sauce. But if I mean, if we're being honest here, I mean, I, I, it's Cleveland. We obviously want Cleveland, you know. It's yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. There's no chance. Actually, I can't say I can't say there's no chance because honestly, Brooklyn's been all over the place, but the Cavaliers have been an absolute dumpster fire the last month. They have took such a bad nosedive. Uh, so I've completely lost faith. Like they came out looked so good in the beginning of the year. Uh, we're even, I believe, in first place at some at a point earlier this season, and they have just fallen. Uh, the same way that the Celtics have risen to the top from the bottom, uh, the Cavs have just done the complete opposite. Uh, so I would I would tend to agree. I think Brooklyn is going to be the matchup. I know you're a little hesitant on I mean, it, that matchup, it, it would, so, so it give it to it me. What are your thoughts? Uh, for, uh, hesitant on the whole playing against the Nets. I mean, look, I was actually before today on board playing the Nets for like I would say 75% there, right? But then all of a sudden Shams drops it Sham bomb. I don't know what we're calling those. That, that works. That uh Simmons might be back, right? And Simmons for his, all his lack of offense uh on one end, you know, he has done pretty good guarding Tatum. Um, and but I mean, he also hasn't played all season. How well will he integrate? It could be one of those things where it's like kind of a freak thing where he hops in and it's like seamless, or it could be disjointed and a mess. I mean, it could really swing it away. 
that's the only thing that made me makes me hesitant about the Nets. I mean, wasn't it like last year when the Nets played the Brooklyn right, and they had PJ Tucker, who's a pretty decent defender, and he was guarding KD for the most part. Um, KD was the one who put that whole thing, and if you know he had just a half a shoe size smaller, they would have gone, you know, past the net Bucks. I mean, listen, it yeah, could have sure. Did they? No. And that's where I stand. I mean, honestly, you talked about the whole Ben Simmons thing, and I get that being a potential concern. uh, Because obviously, you know, he was an all-star at one point. He was an all-defensive player. Like, he is a good player, right? My My whole thing, and the reason I'm not as worried as most people seem to be, uh, is because he hasn't played in like a year, like a full year. He decided to sit out. He hasn't actually gotten any practice in either because he just decided he didn't want to do that in Philly either because he was mentally unready to do it, uh, because basically his team just called him out. But at the end of the day, like he's been hurt. He's been nursing a bad back. He hasn't really been practicing. Like, that's been confirmed. Like, he's finally getting his feet under him. Like, and do you really think he's like going to be ready? Back, you know, like, sitting on the bench dislocated his, his fucking vertebrae? I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I just... That's what I mean. Like, I'm just not... I'm not that worried about Ben Simmons. Like, if he plays, are they going to be a little bit better? Probably. They'll definitely be better defensively because that team is god-awful defensively. Uh, but realistically, how much is he going to mesh? Like he, it's, they've had zero playing time together. Like they haven't gone out and played a single game with one another. And he's kind of one of those guys that is ball dominant. Like he's not a guy that shoots a lot, but he's certainly the guy that plays with the ball in his hands a lot. So it's going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough fit. You know, if it, I would rather, and I've said this on this podcast, uh, I would rather face the Nets earlier than later. And yeah, I know a lot I of people were talking about like getting the four seed just to avoid it. But at that point, you're stuck playing the Raptors. You don't know who can play. like, And then you might have to face Brooklyn in the next round or potentially the Eastern Conference Finals, depending on where they match up. Like If they lose the playing game and end up going in as, you know, the, the eight seed, <laughs> like that would be a, a next round matchup. And that would give Ben Simmons an entire round to kind of gel with the team. They're going to get better. Right. Yeah. And then to be honest, I mean, it, it, I mean, I, what was it? Stan Van Gundy. I think he was the one that was doing the commentating tonight, right on TNT. I was actually watching the hometown broadcast today so i was listening to scal and mike gorman uh so about halfway through when we were up by like 50 million points uh i switched over to the audio stream on the league pass and i was listening to their thoughts but i liked the sentiment of what van gundy said i'm pretty sure it was him uh he said if you're ducking teams and you think in your mind you're a contender then in reality you're not a contender if you're ducking teams that's what i'm saying i said that in in that chat too 
Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and I, it's like, it's kind of like this. It's like I agree with it. Uh, I think that way, but it's like, like I said, after the last couple of years, to me, it's like so hard to get over some of the things that they. But we, it feels like we're so far removed from that. But at the same time, it's like, man, can you imagine if we really do like fall apart again? And it would just, it would just make the like last couple months seem like a fluke. But at the same time, it seems so concrete and real that there's no way that it can be fake. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been playing at just an unbelievable, unbelievable pace. Like, every that's, everything that's they're is, doing, everything they're doing is just right. It's working. It's like, it's too good. Like, you know, like everything in life. You know, it's like you want a free car, cool, but you got to pay the taxes on it. You know, it's like you want, oh, you got a free soda. Uh oh, it's like got too much ice in it or something. You know, it's like <laughs> there's always something in real life where it's like too good to be true. And like maybe that's what it is the waiting for the other shoe to drop with this team that is it too good to be true? Well, I mean, I think the whole like too good to be true part was the Robert Williams. Like, he was playing at such a high level, this Celtics team looked absolutely unstoppable, and then Robert Williams gets hurt, and the Celtics kind of fell back down to earth a little bit, or Celtics fans, the expectations, fell back down to earth a little bit, but the last two games, last three games, they've showed that the Celtics can really play at a very high level, even without him. And right before this, you obviously weren't here for the, the game recap, the first half of the podcast, but I was talking about Daniel Tyson, his fit, and how he's kind of taken on the role of Time Lord. Obviously, different skill set, uh, but he stepped in and made that transition a lot easier. And it puts it the is, Celtics it, team it, at a, a great, a great it is, spot. It, it's, it's so baffling how Tyson is... I mean, I like I've always liked Thice. When we went on the 2020 playoff run, I mean, even before then, I liked him. I, I always called him like you know, Mr. Pibb to Al Harford's Dr. Pepper. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, it's it's a good spot to be in. Like, do you want to face a a better team in the first round? Like, if we lost, realistically, right? If we lost, we're down in the four seed. Toronto's not exactly like a slouch team. Are they great? No. Right? Can we beat them? Absolutely. We're also going to be potentially doing it without a starter or potentially two starters. We don't know. Uh, now we don't have to worry about it. Like, you're still talking gambles at either end of the spectrum. Like, after Milwaukee lost today... It's either you win and get the two seed or you lose and get the four seed. It's either Nets or, okay, I keep discounting the Cavs because, you know, it's the Cavs. They realistically could beat the Nets. Like, it's, I mean, it's possible that they but beat the Nets. It would take a lot. It would take Evan Mobley probably playing the best game ever and, like, uh, shit. I mean, like, that's Darius how Garland going off. that team that I don't know who's their good players other than Evan Mobley. I mean, Darius Garland, very good. Rondo's played at a fairly high level. Like, they, they've got some guys. I mean, obviously, they're not as talented as Brooklyn. Like, that's very clear. Rondo showed up 
like on that game, like specifically that game, because playoff Ronda is a real thing. Yeah, I mean, listen, I would love that. I would absolutely love it. And you know what I'd love even more? I would love for Cleveland to beat them, and then I would love for Atlanta or Charlotte to just knock them out. Will it happen? Probably not. The chance of them losing both playing games and missing the playoffs would well, is okay. a very, very small chance. Who do you have between the Hawks and the Hornets? Who do you got there? I mean, honestly, I think the Hornets are better. I don't know if that's Celtics hometown bias just because they have a million ex-Celtics players. Uh I don't know. I just love I love the way Charlotte plays. Super up tempo. They've got a bunch of guys that distribute, a bunch of guys that can just hit shots. All of the guys run the floor well. So I just love the way they play. The Hawks recently beat the Nets, you know, and like in a good way, like in a pretty big way, surprisingly, recently. And like that's why I'm kind of wondering who do you think like okay let's let's say by some crazy chance Cleveland uh, beats the Nets right then they go and like they go and play up against the Hawks I mean do you really th- I mean they just beat them what are the chances that they could maybe beat them again I mean in a I I don't know and that's that's the scary part about being in a playing game like it's not a best of seven series it's one game and you're done. Like, if you lose, you're going home. Obviously, you know, I guess Brooklyn and Cleveland, because they're in the 7-8 matchup, do technically have two games to lose. Uh, But (laughs) it's still not a full series. Like, you face each team one time. So I've I've said it on this podcast. I've said it in the group chat. I've said it a million times. It's the NBA. At the end of the day, any team can win one game. Yeah. So you don't really know. And that's and that goes for Cleveland as well in that game against Brooklyn. So I don't know. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun day of basketball watching those two playing games because all four of those teams are pretty solid. Like I really like Charlotte. Atlanta can obviously shoot the ball really well. Cleveland, when the pieces are working together look fantastic. They haven't worked together very well in the last couple months. And then Brooklyn is obviously <laughs> a powerhouse. <laughs> and you got to sum it up. And Brooklyn's got KD. Correct. Well, I mean, it's not, yeah, obviously they've got KD and Kyrie. Like they've got guys that can go out and both give you 40 points. Uh, but that's, that's pretty much what they need because the rest of the team is okay. Like they they built it back around them. There were two things I wanted to 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 mention. Like what uh, what's funny about because even in the Nets against the Nets with Thais, I mean I know we don't have Rob right. The one thing that Rob did well, and I and I think this is kind of like the one thing that kind of sets us above the Nets a lot is that Rob is the only guy that makes KD like when he's on him. KD kind of has to think, can I shoot over Rob? Like, he does kind of ha- – he doesn't – most of the time, KD will just pull up, especially if it's like Marcus Smart or somebody shorter. But Rob really does have the ability to block KD's shots, and he's done it, you know, and it's yeah. and it's wow every time. Um, but to bring up what you were talking about with Dice, 
the thing that I do like about Thice is he does set really great screens. He knows how to pass. And he's definitely, I've been noticing, like, cutting to the rim more to get an easy bunny. Yeah. And then uh, and then he can also hit a mid-ranger, which, no, we're not saying that Williams doesn't know how to because every time they call a timeout or something like that, he's literally in a shooting motion, and then he'll hit one. And then he hasn't gotten one yet. But it's cool that Vice does have a an ability not a great ability but an ability to space and stretch the floor yeah and i i said it in the beginning of this podcast too again you weren't on for that but like having two bigs in horford and tice that can both stretch the floor it's dangerous like it's hard it's hard trying to defend one through five out on the perimeter uh And and it puts the team at a good spot I guess and the other thing I wanted to ask is the only team that I actually do fear other than the Nets and I mean legitimately fear is the Heat. I know I know everybody would probably think the Bucks. I don't think we're that I, we could have won the other day without Tatum. It wasn't like that big of a game. I mean it was that big of a blowout or something. They went down to the last minute and just some poopy turnovers, you know, messed it up, but yeah. for, for the most part we were in it the entire game. And if Tatum was in the game and at Hartford, I mean, it wouldn't even have been a question. We probably would have won it by at least 10. Yeah. And the beauty of being the two seed is that we don't face Miami until the Eastern conference finals. If they get there. Yeah. So I, I guess like that's the only team that really, cause like they're not, I mean, they're the number one seed for a reason, not by much by two games, but, but they're good. You know, like they, they're a good team. Yeah, I mean, the the heat culture thing is a real thing, you know. Heat um, culture is a real thing. They have obviously a unbelievably good coach. They've got a bunch of, like, they are also built similar to the Celtics, though, in my opinion, right? Like, we're not talking the the three superstar route. We're talking, like, good players and really good role players, and yeah. that's, you know, that's I mean, the way that the Celtics are built, too. Like, we've got two All-Stars, and obviously JB wasn't one this year, but, like, potential All-Star. He was two years ago, right? So, yeah, you've got those guys, but then you've also got a bunch of other guys that know their role and play their role at a high level. And that's and, and exactly how the Heat are built. Uh, and realistically, I mean, it, if you really, you know, they always say that a, a series is usually dictated by the two best players on the floor, or your best players on the floor. And yeah. we obviously would have the better ones of, you know, Jalen and Jason. Uh, now the question is, is do our role players step it up? Because I think that that's maybe against Miami, the last game we played, that's where we kind of bungled a little bit. Grant had a little bit of an off game. We didn't have, that was, the I think, the second game we had without Rob um still kind of figuring it out if I'm not mistaken didn't Grant start that game he did that was right that was the game right before they moved Tice into the starting lineup yeah I I thought Tice was just so much better and like Grant Grant's a really great off the bench role player I don't think he's a good uh starter I mean he's an all right starter he's had to do it I just think that like with what Ime is doing. He's good off the bench. 
he's good off the bench. Like that's his that's his role. That's what he's used to doing. I like I, I agree. I think he's just that's where he belongs. Uh, who do you think? Who do you think's gonna get a lot of run in the playoffs? I mean, like I mean, Hauser has been great. I mean, Pritchard's probably gonna get a lot of run. Are we gonna see M- Neesmith maybe? So. I talked about this a little bit too, right? Like realistically, when you go and look at the rest of the 81 games, and obviously I'm not I'm not talking blowouts and talking like everyday games. What do the first three quarters look like? Ime's done a pretty good job of keeping eight nine man rotations. So you really got to look at your top nine guys. You've got Tatum, Jalen, Horford, Smart. Those are your four. Right now, Tice is going to be your five because no Williams, no Time Lord, at least in the first round. That leaves you with three guys, right? Three, maybe four guys in that first round. Yeah. Grant, Pritchard, White. Yep. Those realistically are going to be your eight guys. Come round two, you're going to obviously add in Time Lord, and that's a nine-man rotation. Because I think yeah, Tice it, it, has it, it earned his really minutes. It was really tight, now. right? Like for a majority of the year, it was an eight-man rotation, and now we got Tice, so it's easily stretched up to nine. Correct. Uh, and like and Tice's minutes, like are going to be taken back a bunch. Like I don't think he's going to be playing more than probably fifteen minutes once Time Lord's back. So I mean, that obviously changes a little bit, but I don't think I don't think guys like Neesmith, like Hauser are really going to get a lot of run. Like, it's possible. Here's the crazy thing that I that is something I noticed. Jalen Brown definitely seems to be the opener. Like, oh, yeah, he'll start out the first half, and Jason Tatum has definitely become the closer yep. in the fourth quarter. Like, I, it, it's within the last, I want to say, two months. I noticed it when we started going on a real good run. And Jalen, see now, if Jalen doesn't have it going, like when he just barely came back, um, then he or he struggles a little bit there. Uh, then Tatum is just like, I'm going for the full game. Like I'm going to go, and you're going to get your shots when you can. I'll, you know, I'll defer to you once you get it going. But what when Jalen Brown has definitely been the opener for the game. Like, yeah, he's he's, he's like Mister First Quarter. He comes out like guns ablaze in every single game. The guy is just like super, super efficient and aggressive, and I love that. Love yeah, it. Yeah, and then Jason Tatum is so funny. He'll start like the third and fourth quarter, like somewhere around the third or fourth, with like eleven, fifteen, or something like that, and then end it with like a high thirty. Yep. And it, and then I'm just like, I didn't notice it or didn't pick up on it. You know, because I I did notice that he was staggering Tatum and Jalen. Like, he would keep Jalen in for a majority of the first, take Tatum out, and then Tatum would come back, and then Jalen would go out. And then he would take Al out, and then Rob would stay, and then that's when Greg would come in. But now it's like, I don't know, it's like it's interesting because now Al will sit down and Thice will still be out there, or vice versa. You know, and you know what? It works. It still works, and... Derek White, man, Derek White and Thice, like, I think it's going to be crazy to see how far we go, and I think Brad Stevens deserves, I mean, that whole front office is going to deserve a lot of credit from moving on from not only Schroeder for 
great player now because I mean we, we, the Rob situation, but then also getting rid of Cantor and then uh, getting. I mean, I would love it if we had Derek White and Josh Richardson off the bench, but you know, trades got to happen. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it, listen. I think at the end of the at the end of the season, there are going to be a lot of people that deserve some sort of credit, like. Ime, potential coach of the year candidate. Tatum, not going to be MVP, but is definitely going to be, definitely going to get a vote. Like, he's going to be up there in the voting. Uh, And then you've got Brad for executive of the year, Marcus Smart for potential defensive player of the year. You know, JB, potentially, this might be a little bit of a stretch, but third team All-NBA. Tatum, first team, second team, all NBA, depending. Like, the Celtics are going to get a lot of recognition in that. Rob Williams, potential, you know, all defense team. Like, there's a lot of people on the Celtics that are going to get recognition come the end of the season, or potentially, at least be in the talks for it. And I think that's just a I've cool spot to be. I've seeing a lot of it. You know, I saw. Uh... What's his name? Richard Jefferson. Start talking about the Celtics. I started seeing Stephen A. Smith make a prediction that it's going to be Sun Celtics four days ago. I mean, it really is starting to happen. You know, like, and I I don't remember it happening for at least since 2018 when we were making that run. And this was, this was like, people weren't talking about us like this until, you know, we got to the second round of the playoffs you know, without Kyrie, then they started talking about us like this. And then when we lost in the game seven to, to the Cavs, um, it was almost a given that we were going to be there again. Yeah. Yeah. It is going to be a fun playoffs for sure. Listen, I appreciate you hopping on. This is where we're going to wrap today's podcast. Uh, tell them what your Twitter handle is, if they can follow you there. <laughs> my twitter handle is basketbot b zero t at twitter.com uh i post silly memes and celtics related content and that's about it i mean i'm I'm as simple as a <laughs> rice cracker and peanut butter there you go all right guys make sure to follow me on twitter as well at nba celtics guy make sure to follow our facebook page boston celtics till i die Uh, And more importantly, make sure to rate and review the podcast. Five-star written review. Have a great night, Celtics fans. We will talk soon. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic.